Miguel Aziz's first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box. Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colours. Eight Hailenders have featured this week on a great week to be an Arsenal fan as we are top of the league. Excellent comeback against Fulham. There's no doubting that this team has a completely different energy than anything we've seen. Yes, last season was great and obvious signs of improvement. But just those few level raisers, the advancement of Eddie Nketiah, which I could not be happier to see. Martin Odegaard stepping up in tough spaces. Xhaka really enjoying that more advanced role. And obviously, everything just coming together nicely underneath Super Mick Arteta. Great time to be an Arsenal fan, and it's a great time to listen to Away From Hail End because we have 15 Hail Enders on loan, 14 Academy players, and of course, Flo Balagoon. We will cover all Hail Enders, whether they are past or present, still at the club on loan. And to kick it off, let's get right into Brick Norton Cuffey's championship debut for Rotherham, getting the full 90 minutes at right wing back and a 2-0 win over Birmingham, debuting with a clean sheet in the championship. And I have to say, he looked a lot better in this match than he did in his club debut just midweek before when he had clearly been a little bit off the pace, uh, hadn't had a game in a very long time, a competitive game, and, and he just looked a lot more lively, a lot more physical, a lot faster to the ball. And, and this game was a great example of what he's going to bring dynamic-wise to this team and where he needs to improve and get better as the season goes on because that's why he's on loan. There are things for him to get better at, and this is the exact time to work on those things. He was 12 of 17 passing in this game, three successful dribbles, uh, six on 15 on ground duels, one clearance, two block shots, an interception, two tackles, and obviously that clean sheet, doing the defensive duties exceedingly well, looking very, very fast and anticipating things coming towards him, trying and pretty doing pretty well preventing people from getting in behind. Uh, he was really hard to get around defensively. Yeah, he, he really covered that right wing area quite well. Uh, he was kind of isolated out there quite a bit one-on-one -on -one with the winger coming at him, uh, which surprised me a little bit, just not really understanding their tactics, not watching a lot of Rotherham before this. Uh, but he did a really good job. Uh, there was a specific time uh, where he was in a tough 1v1. Guy actually kind of had the step on him, kind of got around him. And his recovery, speed, pace, and physicality to step back inside, even before that player got to the box and win the ball back, is just a huge asset that Brooke Dorn Cuffey has. And, and I'm sure you remember me talking about it last season. This is something he's done at the youth level quite a bit. And, you know, that's great and all, and it's amazing to see his pace. But obviously against players of that age, he's a lot stronger and obviously much faster. So you don't know if that ability to recover is going to translate. Uh, and it, it very clearly has, at least to this level, where it's okay if he's not always exactly right. He can go into a tackle because he can recover so well. Uh, and he really showed that here. Uh, his delivery was not at its best in this match. He looked very lively, was really trying to make things happen, put quite a few balls into the box from some dangerous areas. But he seemed to rush some of those crosses. I think... This level, obviously in comparison to where he was playing last year, he has to be a little bit tighter with his first touch, right? That first touch got away from him a little bit sometimes, giving him a little bit less time before he got closed down on a cross, or then starting to anticipate a closing down from the opposition coming. Uh, so I think he just needs to work on that a little bit. But I will say that little inside pass with his left foot that I talk about so much, what a treasure and what a pleasure it is to watch that. 
um, especially at, at the next level. You just never know, right? All these skills and tools have to be translatable to each level that you advance at. And to see him already feel comfortable enough to try that a couple times, because that inside left foot pass into a midfielder, that doesn't come off, and you're just giving the opponent a free counterattack. And you know what? He looks ready to make that pass right now, right here, and he knows when to play it. Um, he Again, I said he made that excellent recovery in that 1v1 on the flank. Won his team quite a few corners, even on those crosses that he could not quite get to a teammate. Uh, and it was good to see him try and come inside. Uh, if the defense wanted to force him wide, which they were trying to do quite a bit and trying to kind of isolate him and press him up against the sideline, push him to the end line, he came inside a couple of times, dribbled past the defender, and then fed it back to the midfield for a free switch or a midfielder could try and play a direct pass into the box. And that's great to see. You don't want to be sing you want to be multifaceted, right? You don't want defenders to know where you're going every single time. And he has the ability to play on his left foot. So to come inside is, is, is key for him. So that, that was great. And then again, going back to defensively, uh, it was great to see him make a stop inside the six-yard box, getting in front of a shot and kind of just winning it before the player could even get a shot off, winning a few tackles. Uh, he did overcommit on one of his 1v1s defensively and get beaten inside to allow a shot on goal. Uh, but, you know, that's going to happen. Uh, he'll have to adjust to realizing where he needs to overcommit and where he needs to just kind of force it, uh, an opposition away from goal. Uh, and the last thing I do want to say about Brooke Norton Cuffey, and something I'm not sure I've talked about before, but something I've been thinking about for a while, uh, I think it's something kind of common at Hale End. Uh, I, I don't see it that much in football anywhere, uh, but I see it a lot with Hale Enders, and Sokka is the prime suspect of this, is this kind of ability to have the ball stick to your feet uh, when you're in tight areas, right? Like, I don't mean in the sense that it's purposeful dribbles uh, back, back and forth between two feet or, or just overall technical skill. I'm not even sure if it is. But there's something to, like you'll see, think about that goal Saka scored in the North London Derby at the Emirates this past year, um, where he kind of almost lost the ball uh, going towards the box, but all of a sudden it was still on his foot when he got past the defender, uh, and he was able to slot it home. Uh, Brick Norton Cuffey has this ability where the ball kind of sticks to his foot. He, I think it's because he's so aggressive, his feet are so quick, uh, and he's a real knack for the ball. He's a real hawkeye for the ball, that he's able to keep the ball with him when he goes in full for a duel, right? Whether or not he actually has control of it, he seems to end up with control of it once the duel is over. Uh, and it's just an interesting thing to look at. Uh, it, it's a very key talent. It's a huge skill. It's a huge asset for a team to have. It's kind of a great way to retain possession. It's a great way to win back possession. Uh, and if you're winning a lot of duels like that, you're going to give your team a lot of opportunities to possess the ball and score goals. Uh, so that, that is something I noticed Brook Norton Cuffey did exceedingly well in this match and something he's excelled at again previously, but to see him make that up to the next step is huge. Uh, and we'll continue to watch him. It's so great to see him playing in the championship. It'll be week in and week out, obviously in that number 10 kit, which is a lot of fun for a defender. And, you know, again, crowd was behind him. He looked excited, got that clean sheet, had a good match. Hopefully the delivery will get a little better. Uh, his first touch needs to be a little bit tighter, but otherwise a really nice Full championship debut for Brooke. Speaking of hot starts, nobody in Europe has been as hot as Fuller and Balogun. Obviously not completely true, uh, but it's been really great, obviously, to watch him take that great step up to League One. Three goals in three matches to start the season. You know, we've talked about this. First person in 47 years for Reims to do said thing. Uh, and Balogun, you know, didn't have his best match here against Lyon. Probably the toughest opposition he has played so far, uh, playing a full match. Obviously came in on that Marseille game and scored a late goal.
But this was a physical match. Uh, it really got a little bit chippy towards the end. 60 minutes, though, here for Flo at striker in a 1-1 draw with Leon. Reams having an okay start to the year here, actually. Uh, he had a shot on target, one successful dribble on one attempt. Did miss a big chance uh, where he received the pass, you know, kind of off a deflection from a defender. That The deflection brought him a little bit wider than he wanted. Tried to dribble around the keeper. Looked like the keeper nicked his foot and took him down. Flo did make a meal of it, kind of dragged his leg to try and draw the penalty because I don't think he would have been able to score from that tight of an angle. Penalty was not given, uh, but I like the idea. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't think he would have been able to score from the position he was in without a goalkeeper error. I think he felt that was his best chance, and I do respect that. Obviously, you don't want to be flopping, but he didn't really flop as much as kind of took a heavy touch around the keeper, purposely looking to draw the contact. Keeper kind of pulled out Sort of pulled out last second. Again, it was very close. Uh, but 6-9 passing as well for Flo in this match. And, and only won two of eight duels. So, again, this was a very physical match. A, a great experience for Flo to be in a match like this at the top flight level. Uh, and he just never really got into the rhythm of it. I think the physicality took him out of it a little bit. He was coming back to the ball a little bit less to, to make things happen, to, to get on the ball. Uh, seems like he was struggling a little bit more to find space than he was, I think, because he wasn't coming back at all. He he wasn't really a threat going in behind. But he did attract a lot of the attention from the Leon center backs, uh, allowed his teammates to create opportunities to score the first goal. Um, and, and and overall, not his best match on the ball, but he still made an impact, uh, still trying to make things happen. And, you know, we'll move. We'll move. Can't score every goal. Can't score every match. I mean, he, he, he's, it's not possible. So to see Reims continue to do well, to see them continue to trust him, 60 minutes against an opponent like Lyon who plays in Europe year in and year out, that's great experience for Flo. Back to a second division team with Marcelo Flores, obviously with Real Oviedo in La Liga 2. A 65 minutes in a 1-0 win over Racing Santander. Um, good match here for Marcelo, again playing in that advanced midfield, supporting the striker role. It's, it's an interesting, they kind of play a 4-4 one one, uh, they press in a four four two, but out of possession they kind of have a sole striker up there, kind of a flat midfield, uh, and, and Marcelo Flores kind of finds pockets of space. Uh, he's really supposed to be there, kind of looks like to create on the counter, right? They kind of look up to him to find pockets in that left or right half space, uh, and then for him to feed the striker up in front of him and to go from there. And he's done a really good job of that. Let me, let me be clear. Uh, this isn't a role that he's played a lot in, so to see him kind of adapt so quickly shows you how intelligent he is. Uh, to see him kind of learn how to come back to the ball in the middle of the park, a little bit different than coming back to the ball out wide and being an outlet there. So again, very intelligent from here. A good match from him here. Not his best, but solid. He did a lot of things, a lot of little things really well, and, and that's a huge, huge point for him. Uh, as far as the statistics go, two successful dribbles, uh, 15 of 16 passing. Uh, he won two out of three aerial duels, which I was I was talking about how that might be a struggle for him in this role uh, with you know long balls out, clearances out, see if he can help win possession. So this is a good sign for him there. Uh, and then only three of 11 ground duels. But again, he's flying all over the pitch. I mean, he is being so aggressive. He does not look scared at all uh, of playing in this league. And this league is incredibly physical. It is an incredibly physical league. It, it surprises me. I Again, before this, I have never watched a game in this division. Uh, I just haven't. There's been no reason to. There's not enough time in the day to be watching every division in the world. This is not a division I've ever covered. But I am shocked, week in and week out, at how physical this league is. And how lenient the refereeing is. Because I, I don't find La Liga to be like that. I find it 
to be a lot of counterattacking. Uh, there's a lot of space to play in. It, it can be physical, but I don't see it the way it is here. Obviously, when you go down a division, things are different. Think about the championships, a very physical league. It's, it's fast, it's hard, it's, it's strong. Uh, similar here, but the refs are very lenient. Um, but again, not to get off track here, just I think it's an interesting point because I think that'll probably help Marcelo Flores in the long run. Uh, let's see if he makes that World Cup squad, but it'll get him ready for senior football at the top flight level. If he can get through a season of this durable, durability-wise and, and, and agility-wise, then that's going to be huge for him. Uh, but, but back to this specific match, he... I know I talked about it last week, but the change of direction at full speed with the ball at his feet is an amazing tool. It is an amazing thing to have, and to have it at this age and to be able to build off of that, right? Once you realize that this is going to work for you, I mean, the the options are endless. I mean, there, the opportunity that he will have to score and assist goals with this skill is is inf- infinite. Uh, he at a perfect picked the ball up on the left wing, brings a defender down towards the end line, brings him back up, brings him down towards the end line, starts cutting in as hard as he can, stops on a dime, defender hits the floor. Not the first time he's done this this season. And then he's just got a free lane to cross the ball into the box. This is, I was mentioning in preseason, he always seems to be able to get a shot off. He's got a really good eye for that. And this plays into that because defenders either have to fully commit and then when he changes direction, they're hitting the ground. Or they have to lay off him a little bit, which allows him to have that space to get a cross or a shot in, right? I mean, it's an amazing, amazing thing to have. And he's so fluid in it. Like, he stops and starts 0-100 to 100 in milliseconds. Uh, and then a few minutes later, he receives the ball in a very tight area, bounces off one defender, bounces off the second, tries to play a pass that didn't come through. But again, not struggling to dribble around players in the interior of the pitch Huge for him if he's going to play in this supporting striker advanced midfielder role. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, doing a really, really nice job of looking for a striker in front of him. That's clearly the tactics. That's clearly the plan uh, that he's supposed to be playing off of. So he's doing what he's being told to do while also influencing with his little spices of creativity. And Real Oviedo are off to a great start here. Uh, so great to see Marcelo Flores flourishing. And we hope he starts to add some goals and assists to his tally, obviously sitting at 0-0 right now, just a few matches in. Real Oviedo not scoring in big numbers here. So, obviously, when Flores can start getting more goals and assists, we should see Oviedo kind of start to fly a little bit more. Speaking of goals and assists, obviously, Tyrese John-Jules had that wonderful goal uh, when he got his first chance in the starting 11. Getting back into the starting 11 for a 2-2 draw with Barnsley, that was high-intensity, high-energy, aggressive match really actually kind of a, a barn burner. It was really a, an enjoyable one to watch. Tyrese played 67 minutes kind of in that left wing, left forward position. Actually found himself a little bit wider here in this match uh, than previously in this season so far. He's been a little bit more kind of helping the striker, supporting the striker in that left forward slot, a little bit more inverted. Was a little bit closer to the touchline on this one. Uh, 17 of 25 passing, a key pass. Seven of his 11 duels won uh, and was fouled five times. So as I was saying, this was a high intensity match. Very aggressive match by TJJ in this one. Keen to press, keen to win the ball. Uh, was frustrating the opponent, uh, getting up high on the pitch, getting in their faces. Uh, he, he actually drew five fouls in this match. Uh, opponents were hacking at his legs almost in retaliation uh, to the aggression that Tyrese was showing. Uh, and I think they were kind of trying to get him to back off a little, and he just would not. 
Um, would have liked to see him go for goal a little bit more often uh, so far in this season and, and this match especially. He has such a wonderful shot with both feet and kind of finish from anywhere. Uh, that's it's just a little bit more a little bit more creativity is what we need to see out of him. Great to see him doing the nitty gritty stuff, the nitty gritty aspects, uh, the attacking, the pressing. Uh, but yeah, overall two two draw with Barnsley uh, Ipswich still top of the table. A really well played match by by both sides. Really kind of enjoyable one to watch. Uh, midweek Tyrese did not start but came on for the second forty five minutes in a six nil win over Northampton. Uh, Nine of twelve passing, two key passes, created a big chance. Uh, he wasn't quite as aggressive. This was already 3-0 when he came on, so I think the match was a little bit less intense at the time. Uh, but obviously, there was a lot of energy on the Ipswich side of things, uh, considering they were routing them, they were playing fluid football, they were scoring goals. Uh, but, you know, Tyrese just wasn't... I think when you don't start and you don't get immediately into the press, into the high-intensity aspects of the game, you sometimes you'll lose out in duels a little more often, especially when you're not trying to get injured. Your team's up a bunch. Uh, but he's only 2 of 8 in duels. Uh, committed four fouls, just a little bit sloppy, a little bit slow to it. Obviously playing midweek after playing the week before. You know, he really hasn't ever had a rhythm of senior football like this since Doncaster in 2019. So let's first of all cross our fingers and hope that this continues, that he can stay healthy, that he can get this amount of game action, that he's this vital to a very good side, the best side in League One at the moment. Uh, and let's hope that he can start scoring goals as well. Uh, obviously, he had a great goal. He has the ability. We'd like to see him create a little bit more off the dribble uh, and in some in some more incisive passing because I know he has the ability. But again, as I said, hasn't really had the time like this previously where he's playing every week, playing many minutes, playing multiple minutes, not getting pushed too far out of position, kind of being in a comfortable place. So that is a huge positive. Ryan Alabiosu has been playing every week, 90 minutes, putting his heart in the line for a team that has really struggled, but he has been high intensity for all of it. Another player who is so physically talented. I mean, huge body, tall, unbelievable power in his run. Like, pace is one thing. Brooke Norton Cuffey has pace and power. Ryan Alabiosu is pure power. His first step is like a burst of speed, like revving up an engine. Like, you're at a stoplight, revving it up, and then vroom goes Ryan Alabiosu, uh, and he was great in Kilmarnock's first win of the season in a 2-1 win over Motherwell. Uh, 90 minutes, as I mentioned, 25 of 33 passing, 3 of 6 on long balls, 3 successful dribbles on 4 attempts, not being wasteful with it at all. He won 6 of 9 ground duels, 2 clearances, a tackle, and was fouled twice. He was just excellent. This is his best match uh, in the actual premiership in Scotland. This is his best match by far. Obviously, coinciding with Kilmarnock's first win of the season, that can go both ways. You can say because of Ryan or because of the side, that helps. But either way, big positive. Really likes to stretch the pitch as wide as possible. He is being asked to play as with his heels on the on the sideline and receive the ball there and go from there. The first such, as I mentioned, is an unbelievable burst of pace. It's unbelievable. Like, it's not speed. It's not quickness. It's pure power. Like, I don't know how many times to say it. I don't really know how else to say it. But it's pure power. That first touch just zooms him by. He easily went by a couple of defenders with a first touch. Uh, he does need to work on the weight of his passes, kind of in tighter and closer quarters. It's not that it's bad to have a hard pass, but sometimes he's kind of jamming it in there. Uh, and, and obviously with the technical quality of his team and, and, and where his career will take him, it, it's not always how a player wants to receive the ball. And, and sometimes he can hit it too hard for a player running onto a ball. He just seems a little bit heavy both with his... Close quarters passes and his first touch. 
Uh, his first touch seems to be a little bit heavy. Everything's just a little bit loose. Uh, I think a lot of that also has to do with the side struggling. Uh, he has to get his confidence up. But if he can tighten that up a little bit, that would be huge. Uh, but, you know, as we talked about with Brooke Norton Cuffey and having that beautiful ability to kind of make that left-footed in- inverted pass, Ryan really doesn't feel comfortable doing that. Alabiosu struggles to do anything on his left foot. Uh, and that's why it's okay with him playing that wide. But it makes him a little bit, you know, single-minded. It makes him a little bit easier to defend. Uh, so I'd like to see him at least feel comfortable dribbling inside, and then we can go from there. Uh, and then I would say he really just has to work on his balance on the ball. Uh, it, it feels like he's a little bit rushed or hurried or top-heavy almost. Like he's kind of taking that first touch, and, and it's not even a heavy first touch as much as his body doesn't seem to be in the right shape. He doesn't seem to be opening up his body to where he wants to make the run. And he has to use a little bit more energy and take a little bit more time and be a little bit easier to read when he does that. Uh, so his balance on the ball will be a huge thing for him to work on. And I think that, again, will come with time, come with understanding the pace of the game. Uh, but, you know, good for him. He's, he's playing really well. He, he's really looking to make things happen. He's not getting discouraged by bad results. Uh, and, you know, he's not being asked to do too much defensively. He, he does what he has to do when it happens. Hasn't really been dribbled by too often. Uh, has won the ball back nicely a few times. Uh, but that I think that's helping him as well to, you know, be better going forward and, and work on other aspects of his game. Speaking of going forward, in excellent news, Nikolai Moller has made his return from a foot injury, made the bench, was able to train once before the match, made the bench, played the final 14 minutes in a 2-0 loss for Den Bosch to Elmer City. But great to see him back on the pitch. Obviously had that excellent preseason. He got kind of really picked up where he left off. I mean, obviously he didn't score. Uh, Den Bosch kind of struggled in this match. But two of four passing, he won all three of his aerial duels in a very short period of time, uh, and help, including helping create one of Denbosch's best opportunities of the game, winning a header down to a teammate who then played a lovely cross in uh, for a player that just missed a goal. Good, good goal by the, uh, good save by the keeper. Uh, and, and Nikolai also had a shot off target. And you know, as I mentioned a lot last year on this podcast. It didn't feel like he was making aggressive runs. It didn't feel like he felt comfortable getting into the box. It didn't feel like he felt hopeful that a ball was coming for him to score. And in preseason, he was doing a great job of that run, making back post runs, making near post runs, knowing when not to make a run to score a goal, kind of hanging around that penalty area. Just looked a lot more intelligent and up to the game and and really knowing what's going on. And he did that in this 14 minutes. He made much more aggressive runs. He looked to get on the end of a cross on the near post that I would not have imagined him doing last year. And that's great news. He should get right back into the starting lineup. He's a crucial part to Denbosch, uh, Denbosch's play. He wins so many aerial duels, really helps them possess. Uh, I really expect to see him in there very, very soon in that starting lineup for the next match. Uh, Arthur Anconquo had a great match this week uh, in, a, in a nil-nil draw with Bradford. Really looked in a much better position, uh, keeping that clean sheet. He, he really, he was not getting drawn out as much as he was previously. He was making decisive movements. His distribution was better. 17 of 37 passing. Was happy to go short when he had it. A couple of long balls. He had six completed long balls where he got it right to his striker's chest. Really like to see that. Two saves, two punches, three high claims. I mean, a nice save early on where he really couldn't see that ball come through until late and got a palm to it to push it wide. Uh, I will say teams do seem to be shooting from fur- farther away, kind of having seen Unconquo struggle to start the year. Um, but he seemed to have kind of rectified that in this match. 
Uh, did really well on a cross late in the match where a Bradford player would have had a very nice chance at a header, but he got to it, palmed it out of the box, away from danger. A little bit risky, confident play, but risky if he doesn't get to it, that's a goal. But he got to it, palmed it away, uh, and did really nicely here. I, I really hope to see him continue to succeed like that. Um, and then he got the match off in the midweek in the EFL Trophy against Bolton uh, when Crew lost 4-1. In that same competition, Mazid Ungungbo scored a penalty in a shootout for Crawley Town to help them get past Portsmouth and go into the next round in a 2-2 draw. He came on in the 66th minute for this win in penalties. He did miss the match midweek. Uh, it looks like he had a slight injury. That's why he probably played only the last 25 minutes or so in the trophy EFL trophy match. Uh, but 6 of 8 passing, 1 of 1 ground goals, a clearance and interception, and scoring a penalty in that shootout. Huge for him, huge for them. They've now beat Fulham in the League Cup. They've beat Portsmouth in the EFL Trophy on to the next round in both of those cups. Great experience for Mazid. You love to see him picking up the pressure and, and pressure moment and, and hitting that penalty. Great for him, great for Kevin Betsy. you, you got to be happy. Uh, and then... Alex Kirk played 90 minutes and a 3-1 win over Dundee. Two wins and two matches for Iron United since inserting Alex into the starting 11. And that lone move seems to be going very well. Unlike Omar Rekik, who again has not featured in Sparta Rotterdam's 1-0 win. Very confusing. Had a very good preseason. This is a league where he could really do well. He's got some senior experience internationally. Uh, you know, obviously, if he discontinues by January. We'll have to recall him. I don't understand what's going on. I mean, Sparta aren't playing great. They could use help in possession. Really hope to see Rekik get that opportunity. Uh, other guys who did not get to play this week, Charlie Patino still not fully recovered from the ankle injury. Seems like they're being extra careful. Harry Clark still out with that shin injury. Mika Beerith finally back into training as of Monday. Hope to see him feature this weekend. Uh, Ovi Ejahiri seems to have picked up a slight injury, missed both matches this week for Chelmsford City. And then Tom Smith and Mo, uh, and I'm sorry, Mo Salah Adin. Uh, Salah Adin still have not featured in their squads, respectively. That's Bromley and Hull, uh, but assume that will be coming soon. Lots of good news here. Could be one or two more outgoings here on deadline day uh, from the academy. We'll keep you posted on that. Arsenal senior squad needs to bring a couple players in. Injuries starting to rack up already. A little worried about that, but we'll keep our eye on all the ingoings and outgoings. Live on my account. We'll be all over it tomorrow. Big match, uh, obviously, with Aston Villa. A lot going on. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for all the shout-outs. I see them on Twitter. I really do appreciate it. Try to respond when I can. But otherwise, thanks for listening to Away From Hell End, and we will be back next week with more updates.